Hello and welcome to the Marketing Mashup Podcast. This podcast is where we bring you the most interesting perspectives on marketing from some of the best minds in the industry. In this series, we've got agency directors, startup founders, and some of the people who are away in these trenches delivering the marketing campaigns. We might also grab some perspectives from people outside of the marketing, so let's mash it up. We've got Chris back in for another episode of the Marketing Mashup podcast, a man that needs no introduction. Well, for that, you can go and listen to episode one. Today, I think we've got a topic that both of us have been really interested in and have a lot of thoughts on and that is Monzo and how Monzo have used building a community and sort of unconventional methods of marketing to um, to grow their product like they've mixed it in with some traditional methods but generally they've built a community and they've got a really good product and they've just built it in some different ways. Chris, why don't you start off with explaining to everyone what Monzo is if they don't really know? Hi, James. Yeah, good to be back. And yeah, absolutely. So both of us uh, are Monzo users. We've both been Monzo users from the very start when it was actually originally called Mondo. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. Um, So rebranded to Monzo. Um, So I think we've got quite a good perspective between us on where the brand has come from and its journey so far. Um, So they're a challenger bank bank trying to essentially break the mold of these old school traditional banks instead of your typical uh, traditional bank app such as NatWest or someone like that. The whole sort of philosophy of Monzo is that it's banking in the palm of your hand. So everything's done through the app, whether it's customer service, um, notifications, and you can set things like budgets, see your spend in real time. So there's no more sort of waiting around for transactions to come through and so on. Um, and I think what they were focusing on from the beginning, and um, I've got a little quote here from their CEO, that it was the that they wanted to create a bank for people who don't like banking. And um, I think, well, from my perspective, as you can imagine, being a Monzo user, yeah. I'm quite pro Monzo. So uh, I think what they've achieved so far has been pretty astonishing. Monzo now have more than 1.2 million users since it was founded in 2015. And they actually just toppled First Direct from its near decade long reign as Britain's best bank for customer service, according to the Which Annual Survey. It's also just raised twenty million pound in three hours in a crowdfunding campaign, and it says it will use to fund research, development, and marketing. But twenty million pound in three hours—it's amazing how how a product can generate that much buzz to generate that amount of cash through its users. Yeah, and I think um, something you you just mentioned about trust um, has been a, a massive part of their journey. So the bank is really built on a foundation of transparency. That that's what they constantly go on about. Is this is this transparent sort of banking, where it removes the stress and anxiety about managing your finances, um, because it just makes it more visible. And because everything's in real time, you can track all of your spending, sort of with, without waiting for that three or four day payment buffer. Um, 
So, so you can see, you know, what direct debits you've got coming out, your scheduled payments, where you're spending your money. And I think um, what you said, that, that kind of crowdfunding growth just says it all, that it's a bank built around emotions, really. And that is something I think the financial services industry typically has really struggled with. Yeah, definitely. And just galvanizing a, gal, galvanizing a community of people that are willing to put money in to help grow the bank. We're, we're both full Monzo users. You you fully switched to Monzo from what bank were you with before? I was with NatWest. And to be fair, I actually didn't dislike NatWest that much. No, I, I, yeah. I, I never disliked Barclays. I was never a like, oh, I've, got, I've got to find something new. Barclays are terrible. It was just when, when we first joined Monzo, it was the golden ticket thing. They had the prepaid card in London. Everyone sort of had this bright orange card and sort of had a little bit of intrigue. So naturally, you just want to try it. And just by trying it out, they already had such a great product then. And it just added so much value to your life. And it's just little things. The notifications coming through, being able to see your bank balance live straight away, it's especially awesome when you go on holiday. Um, wherever you go, you can see exactly where you've spent, the exchange rate you get. Um, I've converted my whole family over to Monzo. My dad's got it. My mum's got it. My little sister's got it. Because it just makes life a lot easier. And I, I managed to convince dad to swap over when we went to Spain. And I think he was taking his Halifax card because there, there was a good exchange rate uh, for withdrawing cash and no fee on withdrawing cash. And I showed him the exchange rate that had come up on my phone from Monzo, and it was better than the actual exchange rate that anyone else was offering, including Halifax. So he was like, oh, okay, oh, all right, L let me give this a go. And he used it um, throughout, throughout his trip in Spain, and he loved it. Because you, you can see exactly what you're spending in euros, the amount that is in pounds, where you've spent it. On a night out, it's brilliant. Like if you imagine nights out where you you go out and you wouldn't have a clue how much you spent and you'd be too scared to check your bank balance the next day. You know the nights, oh, right? I've I've been there a few times, yeah. But, <laughs> but with, with also you don't know where you've been, depending True. on how drunk you've been. You see that little notification, it's like, oh, how did I end up five miles away? <laughs> <laughs> but with Monza, you, you can do that. You can track like how much you spent night out. Oh shit, I have spent um, two hundred pound, and how did I end up five miles away? Yeah, and, and just adding to that, it, it also has the GPS little map thing. So yeah, rather yeah. than appearing on a statement as something you've never heard of, and you're like, what is that? You can actually see exactly where you spent it on the map. So whether you're in London or anywhere else. And I think, um, so the holiday thing was actually one of the main reasons I moved to Monzo. So I originally had the prepaid card um, and I was using it on a day-to-day -day basis for like various bits and bobs. But mainly for when I was out of the country, I was loading all of my travel cash rather than go to a currency exchange and you know exchange money. Yeah. I was loading all of my travel money onto Monzo and noticed that the exchange rate was insanely good and just thought- So good. Yeah, so, so good. good, so, so good. Uh, just thought, you know, th that was one of the main reasons why I wanted to go full Monzo in the first place. Yeah, and other little things like um, being able to see when your scheduled payments coming out, budgeting with you offsetting the amount of disposable income you have against um, your bills coming out because it tracks all of your direct debits, seeing what's coming up, 
just really, really good. But that I think that's enough talking about how much we love Monzo because we, we could go on. We could on. do this all day, yeah. yeah we could. <laughs> and we, we do quite often. We, we do. Um, our, our boss, Faye, um, was very... I, don't, I wouldn't say she was anti-Monzo. She just didn't really see see the value in it. But with enough going on about it at work in the office, much like we're doing now, we got Faye to switch. Well, let's talk about how... Because okay, I think yeah, that's no, quite no. quite a nice I, case study. Yeah, I think I think you're right. So then. she was what I would say a traditional bank user who suffers one of the most common problems ever, which is spending hours on the phone trying to speak to someone, a customer so service rep. Um, which banks like First Direct are very good at, to be fair. Which is why they've previously been the head of you know the uh, what was it the which customer service report? Yeah, um, best but, bank. For yeah, that, that, that's, it's quite a typical situation, I think. I, I had it quite a few times at NatWest. You want to speak to someone. The chat is some sort of automated robot that basically puts you through to the right department, but it's not particularly good. You can't actually do much through the chat. If you ever wanted to do anything like actually meaty, you'd have to call them anyway. And then when you try and call them, you're on hold for ages. Whereas Monzo customer service is what I would describe as similar to whatsapp basically yeah. you get connected with a with a rep who a real person who actually can help you via just a, a simple chat app so everything is managed within the app and it takes away that pain point of well in phase situation fr extreme frustration wasn't it and that was kind of like the nail in the coffin for her yeah three hours on the phone trying to get access to something and eventually they said sorry we, we can't actually do anything we're in, we're raising an internal ticket and then from us going on about it lots in the office she did the full switch completely switched to monzo cold turkey so let's sort of move on to our thoughts on monzo's marketing um because we've spoken enough about how much we love the product we are brand evangelists for them there are so many other monzo brand evangelists why is their approach to marketing refreshing so it's basically been totally revolutionary from the very start. So if we go back to when it was Mondo, um, both of us were Mondo card holders. Yep. It was almost like a bank for the future built on exclusivity at the time. So not many people had it. They had a limited amount of cards um, actually available. So if you had the bright orange Mon Mondo card, you know, you're part of like a small community slash small club. Um, now, each app you had a little gift that you could give to someone um and that would essentially skip the queue of that person and then they'd be able to get them on the mondo card so yeah, it's like give the gift of digital banking yeah um how did you get yours golden ticket from james from james yeah yeah, yeah. i can't i i waited in the queue i think really yeah so but i was I, one of the first luckily so i didn't mm -hmm. i only had to wait about a week i, I i'm very intrigued by the exclusive exclusivity club type of thing that um, Monzo went for that I've seen a few other other brands go for and they started exceptionally well with the coral bright orange yeah bright orange card that sparks the conversation now, it? It is iconic I was asked so many times oh like what bank is that that card's 100% like class that's madness like so many times I reckon I've been asked that question over 50 times mm -hmm. and it attracts people and yeah. Back to the point about the exclusivity and actually limiting people to get in. When people can't get something, they want it. Yeah. 
So you see the orange card, you see someone else with it. You're like, how do I get that? I can't get it. And it makes you want it more because you, you're part of this secret club. And they've since taken away the, the the sign-up list. You can just sign up for a Monzo account straight away now. But in terms of building something, it seems counterintuitive, but it is actually very effective. And the whole golden ticket thing, giving people a golden ticket to be able to skip the queue and get yourself a Monzo account, power of word of mouth. You've yeah, got to know someone. You've got to know someone to be part of this club. That's it. So that combined with their actual product innovation is a lethal combination. I, I read that 80% of their growth has been word of mouth marketing. And it's just ruthlessly effective because if you've got a good product, you want other people to use it. And because Monzo is so easy to use in terms of like paying friends, splitting bills and so on, it's it's so much easier than logging on to say online banking and making a payment like that. So it's actually in your interest to also gift Monzo to a, to a friend. Yeah. Um, so for me, I, I've used all three of my golden tickets and all three of those people have joined Monzo and love it. So 100%. It, yeah. So I, I think the underlying thing of this is having a really, really good product. Yeah. A really good value prop, focusing on that. Monzo nailed their product. They absolutely nailed it. Um, when I joined it, I was... It was more than more than enough for me. And they just, we'll get onto this in a little bit, but constantly building on what they've got, releasing new features, speaking to their community, the big list. As I said, we'll get onto this, but all of that combined makes for something that you just want to have, want to use. And that's how they, well, part of how they've started to build the community and the word of mouth. And it's interesting you say about 80% of their growth was through word of mouth. I think this is true or should be true for a lot of other companies. Like how how much growth does marketing investment, Google ads and content actually have an effect? That's an interesting one because obviously we work a lot with digital marketing, yeah. var various paid channels and so on. Um, but I think... This this whole word of mouth marketing has is, is always been, um, well, particularly for new brands, it's always been sort of like the golden egg, in my opinion. It's cheap, for starters. It's free. It, well, yeah, free. Well, not always free. Yeah, true. Um, but brand advocates are your most powerful marketing slash selling tool, like hands down. And it, it goes away from that old school style of selling, which is like your cold calling, your direct adverts and so on. Which pisses people off. Which pisses people off, but it's taken a long time for the more traditional companies to adapt to that. And most of them still still do it. Yeah. Like we work with lots of companies who still do that approach. But I think what you're saying there is it, it's kind of changed with the time because you're now able to build that community. You're able to, to use the word of mouth um, through things like your social channels, which weren't around back in the day. So... All brands have had to adapt to that, um, whether it's growth from the start, like Monzo, or growth or new customer growth. I think that sort of community building aspect is only be uh, going to become more prevalent as more money is being spent on these social channels to actually engage with your customers. And I think customer engagement as a term is very loosely used. Lots of brands and almost all businesses that, w that we come across would say that they're doing customer engagement. Buzzword. Buzzword, yeah. And it's it's rubbish, really. They're not 
truly doing customer engagement. They don't truly care about their customers. Um, they say they're doing it because they need to be seen to be doing it. But very few businesses are actually built with customer engagement at the very core. Monzo are one of them. Yeah, agreed. I've got a quote here uh, from an article I read from Tom Blomfield in 2017. He said, a lot of young people feel anxious and stressful about money. They lose track of their spending with some payments taking three or four days to appear so they exceed their overdraft. The way big banks attract switches is by bribing them. You get a 100 or 150 pound switch, but you need to pull customers in, not push them. And you need to get away from the idea that you can just bribe customers. And that last bit was from Tristan Thomas, who's the head of marketing at at, um, at Monzo. And he, they also said that transparency sits at the core of the in-house team and it publishes quarterly goals and explains the business rationale behind every decision, not only to the community of members, but to the public. So I think like there's a, there's a few things there. The first section of that was touching upon how people do feel anxious and stressful about money and Monzo is sort of aiming to take that away. So there's a real problem there with money about not wanting to shut your bank account. Monzo are doing everything they can to try and help you with that, to try and make tracking your money fun and budgeting fun. And then the point I was making, they made about the big ban- banks attracting switches by bribing them. Just that word, bribing, is a horrible term and it, it's kind of true. It is kind of true, and people are going to take the 100 or 150 quid, when in reality, that's not going to make a huge difference. I love that quote, I have to say. I absolutely love it. I think that, that for one, is your original question was, why is their approach refreshing? Yeah. It's just a totally different way of looking at what is perceived as a very old-school industry beforehand. And I think it's built on three things, transparency, ease of use, and speed, which is, with this whole sort of like, app economy that we're now living in uh, everyone's on their mobile phones you want speed you want ease of use and transparency is something that was formerly lacking in in the banking industry so they're combining those things to well to promote like a different way of doing banks hugely and i also found another article where um tristan thomas again was talking about radical transparency and i love the thought of that and the way monzo are so open with everything publishing their numbers, publishing their roadmap. It it means that everything you see from Monzo, you can trust them. Like you, People don't have as much trust in the big banks. But when you're having a bank that is sharing everything, it's building that trust because you know they're sharing everything. The, you, you know what features are coming up. You know what, exactly what you're getting with Monzo. And they're not trying to they're not trying to bribe you to try the product. They're very open about how they're trying to get people in. They've got a great product. They want to build a community. They want to be the best bank that is actually helping people, not like the bigger banks who are just giving people money. Like, yeah, but why do I want to join your bank? Oh, because we'll give you 100 or 150 pound. That's not a reason to join something. Like, you, in, in the long term... You want to be joining a, a bank or you want to be trying out a service that is actually going to help you. It's actually going to make your life better. And Monzo does that and they're playing on it as opposed to other brands who aren't. I think they're trying to adapt this new way of doing banking. Um, I don't think that approach is sustainable. And while 
a few people might cash in on that offer of free money and so on. I'd, I'd love to see the retention rates of the old school banks oh, now oh, yeah, it, compared to what it was well, 10, 15 years ago. Without a doubt, it grows It grows you quickly. You, yeah, you get, quick wins, but it's not scalable. Absolutely not. Because they're scalable. not addressing the actual issues that challenger banks are actually presenting to them. And uh, an, another quote, which is similar to the, the one previously, but it's going to take away the stress of money. When you think about the way people interact with their money, it's often sitting down at the end of the month, putting a cold towel over their head and saying, I don't want to look at my bank account. We want to flip that on its head so Monzo works for them. It could help to tell them when they're spending too much money on their energy, it might help them switch to a provider. So they tap one button and switch. It's as easy as that. Easy as that. And it, it is actually as easy as that. When you're when you're using the app, it is as easy as pressing one button to do something. Some actions that would take so much longer through any more traditional bank or any more traditional company is so much quicker in Monzo and these other challenger banks. And one thing I do like about Monzo and I find refreshing is their relationship with Starling. So Starling are another challenger bank. They're very much on a similar level they're both based in london they both have pretty much an identical product would you say pretty much pretty much, they're, pretty they're, much. i've got both I've, and i do prefer monzo slightly i prefer monzo but it's it's the same thing it tracks everything yep. um stalin generally have been a tiny bit ahead of monzo in terms of features they had apple pay before they had joint accounts before but the way they, they they are direct competitors in what they're doing, they're both trying to disrupt the industry, but there's no hatred between them. You see on social, Monzo are great on social, but when they're talking to each other, they're, they're not. So I, I remember someone asking, um, putting out on Twitter, watch, watch, which one should I go for, Starling or Monzo? And Monzo responded with, we don't mind, whichever works best for you. Try them both. Let us know what you think. Let us know how we can improve. And being open to improvements and owning where you have weaknesses. And with Monzo's big list, let me talk a little bit about the, the big list that Monzo published last year. So at the start of the year, they made a new account, a new Twitter account, a new Facebook account called Making Monzo. And essentially what this was, was um, an account where you can track what features they're pushing, what Monzo are building live, like, day to day and then they published the big list which had all of those features in a roadmap um which have been requested by different customers and people actually using the app day to day they say right these are the features we want and it's great when you request a feature on twitter or through the app and then you actually see that feature getting upvoted on the forums and then making it onto this list and it's such a great way of interacting with your community because Barclays wouldn't say, oh, which feature do you want? Because they never they, they have this persona of we're a professional big corporate company and we know what we're doing. So we know what's best for you. Whereas Monzo are like, tell us what you want. We'll, we'll do what you want because we know at the end of the day, our customers are the most important asset for us and we will do everything we can to make our customers as happy as they can. Not trying to get more customers as are the banks who are giving people a hundred pound joining joining money 
Yeah, and I think that's one of the most refreshing things again. Um, their just general disregard of how you traditionally should be doing things. Um, they they don't care about traditional media. They don't care about traditional banks. They really do operate as if their only care in the world is the consumers, the people who actually yeah. use the banking. And I think your example about um, you know what they what they said on Twitter about it doesn't matter which one you use. They're just people like us who wanted to do banking differently. And, you know, it, it's not always sell, sell, sell. It's not our banks are the best. Um, it's changing things to for, for a better industry, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And as a customer of, of a product or service, being being part of that and knowing that I can tweet them if I've got a problem or the confidence that if my cards get lost, I can freeze it straight away. If I have any anything that I'm not happy with, I can just message them and they'll they'll put it right. Whereas I don't have confidence that I am in the interest of Barclays on NatWest because I can't send them a message and then they'll say, oh yeah, yeah, we, we can sort that. They'll go, sorry, like that, that's not part of our features. So here's a question for you. Go on. Um, you spend a lot of time on social channels. You spend a lot of time using technology like chat and so on. Yeah. Do you therefore think that Monzo is more geared towards millennials, which is what they openly say in their marketing, I guess. Uh, it, it was originally like a, a bank for cash-strapped students and so on, um, or those you know living in London struggling to pay rent and so on. Do you think that eventually they'll have to scale out to to kind of educate an older audience or do you think they're that young people is always going to be their their target market because Barclays on the other hand as you said a bit more serious a bit more corporate so my parents for example I've tried to introduce them to Monzo they just don't get it yeah that that's that's a really really interesting question because I think that they will 100 percent keep trying to target the younger audience because that is where up and coming and more likely to change they're more open whereas you've got more traditional your parents my my parents they're they're not they're not interested as much in transparency they're they're used to the the big banks they're happy with it they're more traditionalists it's strange isn't it because the the general like ill feelings that my parents have towards their own banks, Monzo would solve, 100%. but they're so reluctant to go down that sort of tech, like new tech approach because these banks have been along for such a long time. There strangely seems to be an actual high level of trust there, even though they're unhappy with the service. Like my, my parents would say, like, oh, they wouldn't dream of leaving Barclays, yeah, Santander, yeah. NatWest, or so on, because who is this challenger that's just come, come yeah, along? Yeah, who here? are they? Yeah, how do I know they? my money's safe? Yeah. Oh, well, they've got a banking license. Yeah, but how do I know? How do I, they're, they're just some kids. I don't want kids managing my money. And that's it, exactly it. Yeah, yeah and it, it's that sort of approach. But I've, as I said earlier, I've managed to convince both my mum and my dad to switch to Monzo. And how, how have they got on? Well, my mum loves it. My mum's fully Monzo now. She absolutely loves it. Um, and that's because the product's so good. She's not too interested in the community or the transparency or the roadmap of new features. Young people were, were a little bit more interested in that. But for her, it's just being able to just see what's coming in and out all the time and getting notifications. 
I think that right there is a perfect example of how this word of mouth community works because your mum in that instance wouldn't care about the things like what you said earlier about social because she probably doesn't go on Twitter that much. But your word of mouth recommendation has made her use the app and then the actual product itself has done the rest. Yeah. So I'm, I'm convinced that if my parents used the app, they'd love it as well. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't ever find it otherwise unless I told them to do it. So if Monzo and other challenger banks can carry on targeting their younger audience in the same way with that transparency, building that trust, having a community, focusing on word of mouth instead of um, traditional digital advertising, then I think they're much more likely to capture that audience because it is parents mainly. It's parents of the young yeah. people and they're saying, oh, what's that you using? Why do you use it? It's a, it's a conversation. And you say, well, I can do this, I can do that. And they'll try it. My my grandparents would never switch because they're, they're traditionalists. They, they don't really have many apps on their phones. And I, I wouldn't even try to. But definitely sort of 40 to 60-year-olds, I reckon, would. It's interesting that you say that, though, because I was looking at Monzo's upcoming feature list and it's it's things on the roadmap that would definitely appeal to an older audience. So, for example, um, notifications telling you that you're spending more than the average household on energy and electricity, yeah. which my parents do it the old school way. They go on something like which um, and compare, you know, who, who should I be with? Um, and then they go through the whole like really painful process of switching from British gas to someone else. Yeah. Um, and like that, those kind of features are geared towards people who are slightly older, mm -hmm. um, but it could be revolutionary. And it, it's, it's funny how you say they, they go and look on which and sort of see who's at the top of that. Monzo have now got to the top of yeah. which for customer service inadvertently for having such a good, a good customer service and a good product. And that way, the the guys that are looking at um, the the older guys that are looking looking at the Witch magazine and are saying, "Who is this? Who is this? I'm going to ring ring Jimmy or or my my grandson or my son and see what this is all about." Um, my dad, on the other hand, he he's not gone full Monzo, but he does he loves it. Like uh, we, we, it's easy to, to like send money. With, with if we're going out for a meal, we want to split a split a dinner we can just do it over monzo instead of me just transferring the money it makes it easy really easy to send money between people it's not like with traditional banks where you have to take their sort code and account number i can just find you in my contacts and and that that's another way that monzo have really integrated the word of mouth thing um, by having the contacts tab in the app so you can invite people straight from from your contacts, you can send them a text for a code to join. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. If, you, if you're searching through, you can either send someone already on Monzo money with just literally like one second, a click of a button, or find a contact within your contact list who isn't on Monzo and then conveniently invite them to join because it's the best way to do it. Yeah, my um, my mate just joined Monzo actually. <laughs> and um, I, want, no, uh, I wonder if I can find his message. Let me find his message. He basically wanted money for football transferred. And he said, here's my bank details. And I was like, mate, what are you giving me your bank details for? I'm not interested in that. <laughs> I I also had one this morning. Um, someone asked me to for my bank details to send me money. And I said, I'm full Monzo now. And half the people in the group were on Monzo already. Yeah. And then one of them just said, what is this Monzo thing? 
And someone else, this is what someone else said about it. Monzo is great. You'd love it. It's smart banking made easy. No more faffing around in stores or branches. It's quick and easy and they have excellent customer service. All live chats and so on with support people. So no faffing around on telephone calls or long queues in a branch. And mate, that, that's not and Martin that, that's copy. She, she replied saying, are you getting commissioned to say this? <laughs> that, that's the thing. They're, they're not. Monzo aren't paying people to say no. this. They've not sent out emails like, this is the copy we'd like you to send out. That is just people loving the app and wanting to share it with other people. So here's my mate. He said, hi mate, um, before I forget, send me £5 for training. And he sent me his Monzo bank details. And I was like, mate, I don't need your details. And he goes, does it work from punk contacts? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, <laughs> shit, I've wasted so much time not signing up. I was, and then I sent it to him. He went, thanks, got it. And I said, I love Monzo. And he goes, it's actually a game changer. It really is. Yeah. It really is. And I, 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 I don't try to sell it to people. When I see them, like Dom Kemp, for example, Dom, if you're listening, he, um, uh, I may have replied to a Monzo tweet. And he replies, what, what's the deal about Monzo? What, what, sell it to me I'm, like, I'm not going to just try it like if if you're really intrigued you see everyone online on on the forums on socials saying how good it is just try it and you'll see and everyone who has just tried it i've actually got another example let me just find it can you fill the gap yeah well what you were just saying there i, I actually don't know anyone who has tried monzo and doesn't like it and I think that goes a long way to show you how good the actual product is. Like, it doesn't matter what your age range is. Everyone seems to be impressed with it. 100%. And I, I found the message from the guy uh, I used to live with. He goes, so tell me what the deal is with Monzo. Why is it so good? My response was, try it and you will see. Then literally three months later, he responded, took your recommendation on Monzo, by the way. It really is excellent. And, and that's, that's it. it. <laughs> that's it. I, I don't have to try and sell it to people. Um, and again, that goes back to having a good product. I, I think if if people are just start, if startups are just starting out their marketing, smaller companies are starting out their marketing and they're raising loads and loads of money to just throw into marketing, to throw into Google ads, to throw into Facebook ads, to throw into their website, all, all these different marketing things. I, I think seen as word of mouth is so powerful, Focus that money and investment on getting your product right and getting your value prop right. Know what you're selling to people and know what know your customers, know what they want and build a product for them. Build out your customer service infrastructure and then start thinking about how you can grow a community and build an audience, grow a brand instead of just throwing all the money into advertising. And I think that that is the perfect example of how a challenger in any industry can can change that industry because all the banks now like they all have twitter customer service handles they're all doing they're doing more than dipping a toe in that they are they are changing their ways yeah. um it's a slower process for them because of the issues that we've spoken about previously but i think that like changing approach is it's quite a fundamental change but that is the benefit of why I'm such an advocate of these challenges coming into every industry because it's it's just totally changing the fundamental way that everyone mm. else does things. You know, one of my frustrating things ever is when you go on to Twitter to contact customer support for someone and they respond with a, what am I going to say? DM me. No, email us. 
Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> e- e- email us here and we can help you out, James. Yeah. Like, if mate, you're going to try and chat to them on a certain platform, respond on that platform. Do it, do it natively. Yeah. And that's something that Monzo do really, really well. They will help you to the extent they can. So obviously banking, it's a little bit more difficult. But if there's a problem with the app specifically and they've got a quick fix for it, they will respond to you and help you within the app. Uh, sorry, within Twitter or the, the platform you contacted them in. And I, I've had a few other brands that have just helped me on, like they said, James, do this. Instead of saying, can you email us with your query? Because they've got older systems and processes in place that mean you have to raise a ticket. And in order to raise a ticket, you need to email someone and then it needs to go into their system. I'm like, buck up your ideas. How is that helping your customer service at all? Yeah, I, I would love to hear from a CMO or CTO from a more technical side, what they think of companies like Monzo and like what their, what their plans are to address, like whether they care. Yeah. Like I'd love to know whether they actually care. Do do the big boys actually care that they're more agile competitors built for more modern ways of customer service and engagement? Or are they still in that mindset of, we're superior because we're a lot bigger than them. Right. So for the next podcast we do, we want to try and get a CTO or CMO of Barclays NatWest. I mean, that's the pipe <laughs> dream. Yeah. What about I'd love First to Direct? Do you reckon? First Direct could be up for it because mm. they're not one of the traditional banks, mm. but at the same time, they're not fully like Monzo, fully yeah. digital like Monzo. So they're kind of in the halfway point. I'd love to get... But I think for, from a, a CMO, because it would be interesting to see how they're adapting if they are at all going to market how they're actually doing this customer engagement and cto for the actual technical side of things of like application launches you know, like what they've got in the roadmap are, to are deal you building with. for yeah are you building for your for the modern customer or yeah. are you just building for what you think you need to do yeah or what monzo are doing uh, i'd i'd really really love to get tom or tristan ceo and cmo from monzo in to see their actual thoughts on on where it's going I think that would be a really, really fun one. So what, one thing that I also love about Monzo and something that I don't think enough people touch upon is their sort of social responsibility that they really tackle head on. And I'll have a little bit more knowledge about this, but financial inclusion, which is essentially helping helping people get access to money or access to money support um guidance uh, my, my dad actually works specifically in financial inclusion for a housing association they have a community arm they're actually trying to help people with, with their money and monzo have absolutely spearheaded this and they are 100 percent committed to try and help people with their money to help them budget um again I, i've got some more quotes here that I, i'll just read out from an article specifically about Um, financial inclusion apart from making finance a stress-free easy experience for customers monzo is also designed to increase financial inclusion close to two million adults across the uk are without bank accounts with so many of those people either homeless or asylum seekers bank accounts act as a gateway to society lacking one prevents people from finding jobs or homes which a lot of people don't know about like it is a bank account is a gateway to society and and the quote here is, I think it's from Tom. 
We have the ability to help that. New sign-ups to Monzo need nothing more than a UK driver's license. I think the time has passed where companies, tech companies especially, can claim that they're independent of society and don't need to think about whether the impact they have is positive or negative. With big companies like Facebook or Google, their impact on the world has been huge. And when they don't think things through properly, the negative consequences can also be huge. As a company that has the ambition of getting to that sort of scale, we need to be aware of that and proactively thinking about how we ensure that the impact we have is a positive one. I think that all relates back to what we said at the beginning that Monzo don't care about traditional banking, traditional way of doing things. Their sole focus is on what's best for the consumer. And um, that's just made me think about some of, well, two examples. So five years ago, I used to get letters through my door all the time from people like Lloyd's, Barclays and so on, encouraging me to take out big credit cards, basically. Yeah. Saying, you know, open a credit card with us, we'll give you a, a big limit, blah, 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 blah. That isn't responsible lending, in my opinion. Whereas Monzo may well have a credit card in the future but right now they purely offer uh, a well they offer loans don't they loans and overdrafts loans so and overdrafts loans to a few people overdrafts to everyone yeah and it's very simple you're not hit with any um big fines or anything like that or surprise uh, amounts of um what do you call it like fees, fees yeah, yeah fees fines. um which a lot of other banks have been punished by recently um, sort of these like fines that no one else knew about um, and the financial conduct authority has clamped down on that with a lot of the bigger banks so you're now for example if you're if you have a credit card with with any provider and you're only paying the minimum payment for a while you're now forced well the bank is now forced to make you basically pay more than that to, to pay it off quicker so you're not just paying interest over and over yeah, again. Yeah. So Monzo have gone for that refreshing approach. So let's take their overdraft where it's very simple. A maximum of £15 a month you're charged. And it's what, 50p a day if you're over... 50p a, a day. Yeah. So, so if you're I, in your overdraft, it, you just get charged yeah. 50p a day. It's as simple as that. I'm a big Monzo overdraft customer myself. <laughs> <laughs> so James pays £15 every month. <laughs> um, and... But you know what you're getting, don't you? Exactly. They don't encourage exactly. you to take out more credit. No. They don't encourage you to, you know, open up credit cards and stuff like that. It, no. It's just very simple. We we will charge you up to a thousand pounds, fifty p a day if you're in your overdraft, and it's as simple as that. And you can see it each yeah. day. It, you can see it going up, saying you've spent six pounds so far on your, your overdraft. overdraft. Yeah. Um, and I just think that's that's the kind of responsible lending that again. They're focusing on doing the right things for customers. You know they got criticised for overdrafts and saying they're taking advantage of their community. Why are banks not getting criticised for their I mean, overdrafts? yeah, that's Mo rubbish, isn't it? Monzo are a company. They need to make money. So Monzo are hemorrhaging money. They really, really are. They've yeah. raised all this cash. They're, they're focused on growth and they're not really making much money. And their, their overdrafts are sort of their, their way in to start making some, some cash which is probably why credit cards must be on the horizon. It, it must be. Yeah. But the, the way, as you say, they've approached overdrafts is they don't push you to take more. It's a set limit. You can see exactly how much your overdraft is. And the loans, um, I, it came up on my thing that I was eligible for a loan. So I thought I would see 
what it was like. And it was so open. They said, right, this is how much we can offer you. Like, here, here's the options. So you can, like, add more, take away money. Yeah. These will be your monthly payments. They only go up to 12 months loans. And they'll say, this is the date it's coming out. This is how much you'll have to pay. This is how much you'll pay us. So if it's a 60, 600 pound loan, say, it will say, you pay us 70 pound. This is how much your loan will cost you. This is how much you'll pay monthly, but this is how much you're giving us. And it, it comes up on your statement, how much the, the loan is when it's coming out. When you go into your parts, it shows it there as well. It actually shows a negative balance. So you're aware that you've got a loan with them. Yeah, and I think that that sort of transparency combined with the app is exactly why the product is so good um we've spoken about the transparency already but it's that combination of like the little things like notifications saying in two days you will pay your loan amount of 70 pounds yeah. back for example so you know that you need 70 pounds for it it will also add it to your budget so you know when you get paid in 20 days you will need 70 pounds for your loan repayment um, and a, a lot of the content they do around that as well. So as you said about um, sort of like responsible banking and and encouraging customers to save money, like we were reading their blog this morning. Um, lots of it is about like easy ways to save money on your bills. Yeah, how to budget. Yeah, how and to I, budget. I, I think what's great about Monzo and the content they're making, it is actually because they care about customers and they have this responsibility. They only hire people that have the same same perspective and it's not like they're just putting it out because they feel they have to barclay's putting out a guide to budgeting we think you should budget here's how you do it no they actually care about it um i we've touched upon the community quite a lot but what i'd be interested in is what is the power of building community if you're starting a company or if you're a, a cmo or a marketer why should you be interested in building a community like monzo has I think that's an interesting question and I actually worked previously doing some freelance work for a couple of businesses whose product was community building platforms um, and some of the case studies you read are actually phenomenal so I, I looked into it quite a lot obviously did a lot of research I was doing content marketing for them and there's so many ways of how you can use it for, so one company I was working with were using their community to scale their content marketing so they were rewarding their community to effectively generate well user generated content okay yeah and obviously like there's there's a wider program involved there because you've got to um check it for quality and so on but their entire content marketing plan was user generated i thought that was a really interesting way of doing it there are also various ways of like starbucks did a campaign recently of take a picture of your Starbucks cup with the name on it, send it in with the relevant hashtags and so on. That is still user-generated content. So it doesn't necessarily have to be blogs and, and written content. It could be video. It could be Instagram pictures. You know, it could be anything. So that that's an an easy way of like reaping the rewards of your community. I think um, Monzo do this. They're the community for product features. So particularly when they're first starting out, um, they use that community as almost like um, like a focus group in a way. They put ideas out there, they ask people what they'd be interested in seeing. Um, so it's that sort of one-to-one -one engagement of rather than operating as Monzo, the business, the faceless business, you actually 
have a conversation with people on a hum- human, human level. Human, that, I think that's a key word that I think a lot of brands, even B2B ba- brands need to be considering that you are marketing or you're trying to get other humans to give you money. Other humans. And if you're a faceless brand, as you say, and you're just showing your features and benefits, instead of speaking to someone like an actual human, having a conversation, making you feel like you're part of something, using emotion, using storytelling, all of these things I think are ignored way too much. And you see people who aren't ignoring it, like Monzo, and are doing it very different, are reaping the rewards and growing exponentially. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, so we've already spoken about the the sales side of things. Yeah. So loyal brand advocates, your most powerful tool. Um, wrapping up on that point about the using it almost like a, a product forum, um, I honestly think that Monzo's roadmap and features list has been defined by that community aspect oh, of, of what they do. 100%. So it's, it's not like we've got a product and we know what's the best thing. We know what people want. They're constantly looking for input. And I think that being asked for input on something is quite a nice way of engaging with a brand. And then when you see it in the app, you're it like, actually oh, happened. I, yeah. I, w- I wanted that. That's so cool. I am. Um, so in my like writing away from pr- my professional role, um, I use a little app and I have quite regular communications with the guy who created it and it's grown a lot. I follow his journey quite a lot. And basically it's a, it's a little bit of software that allows um, writers to store all their ideas, organize like whatever they're writing, whether it's a book or like a guide or so on, do all the research and actually write within the app as well. And it's all saved to the cloud and so on. And he constantly asks about um, features that should be coming up. How can we make this better? How can we make How this better? What it? would you like to see? So I've got two examples. So car rental app I tried recently. Yeah, was absolutely blown away by the customer experience because it was, it was a um, it was a new startup. They just launched in the UK. They've got a fleet of brand new Mercs, good value. So I thought oh, I'll give it a go. And I was in the app. I had a problem, and I sent them a message in the app. They responded in literally seconds. The guy responded, he said, hi, James, how can I help? I was like, oh, I just wondered if you could like activate my account because there's an activation process that says it takes 24 hours. I was like, oh, yeah, I just wondered if you activate my account. Literally, he was like, yeah, sure, I can do that. And he did it. Like, no no process to follow. He just activated the account. And I, I, that was so good because I got to try the car out straight away. And the other example of of a smaller company being human is my podcast in a host called transistor i can speak to the founders when whenever i want just by sending them a message and they'll respond to me as a person and i'm not speaking to a brand i'm speaking to a person and they're, they're just two people making this podcast company they make a podcast about making the company which is brilliant and i can follow along with the journey and they tell us what you think about it like we'd, we'd love to know your thoughts what do you like about it? Like, what made you switch from your competitor? What do you like about our competitors that we don't have? All these sorts of questions, which they're they're really open about, and they just want to make the product better for customers. And that's something that big brands, they just, I think a lot of them ignore it. They just, they're like, we're just, we know what's best. Let's do our 
planning session internally and figure out what product, what, what our roadmap's going to be. Well, do you think they ignore it or it's just impossible to do on a scalable level? Because yeah. I think all of the examples we've just given, Monzo included, they're they're small, yeah. like they're startups. Um, how how could you scale that? Say Monzo get to their twenty five million customers, will you still be able to get access to their CEO? Will you still be able to talk to someone who genuinely cares about your product, uh, about your thoughts on their product, and so on? It's really difficult, and I'm sure. Yeah. Um, in response to a question like that, I'm sure the big companies would say exactly the same thing. We do care about our customers, but it's just not scalable. It's not feasible. And I think it's about intentionally growing the company to be able to do that. And I do think Monzo, in a few years' time, will carry on with it. They'll just hire new people. They'll hire new people to have these conversations, keep it one-to-one. And the the bigger companies, they're just making excuses. Honestly, I do think that. I think it needs to come top-down, and they need to start making changes. And I think... Obviously, being a marketing uh, podcast, that is one of the biggest lessons that we've learned at being a marketing agency, that you can have the best product in the world, but if you're not directly answering what your audience wants you to answer, it's so hard to get in front of them and actually engage with yeah. their pain points, their challenges. Yeah. And by far the best clients that we've ever had are the ones who actually create their product to fit what their customer wants. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to wrap this up now because we, we've been going for a little while. Uh, just to finish off, what would you say your favorite examples of Monzo's marketing has been? Um, so the golden ticket. I loved it. Yeah. I think um, f- from the very off, that whole sort of exclusivity, gift, giving the gift of Monzo, I just think worked perfectly. What a way to start your brand. Definitely. I've got three things. Go on got the monthly updates love that i love seeing a monthly update of what they've been doing and what they're building um the big list as i mentioned yeah that's good yeah. The, the making monzo twitter and then also the transparency they have like you, you you might not see that as marketing but it is being transparent and open it open is a marketing tool to build that community because you build brand advocates one last question from me, just on. touching on that. Um, what's your thoughts on Monzo and the other digital banks starting to use the traditional methods of bus ads, and billboard yeah. ads uh, on the tube, yeah? Um, I mean, f- for me, I'm, I'm not a huge fan, but I understand why they need to do it when they've got this funding, they've now got investors to please. Um, when you've got that amount of money, uh, I, th- I think they're being quite clever with it. Clever copy... Um, nice ads, not being too pushy. I, th- I think that they've got to do something with the money. They've they've got to experiment with with these sorts of ads. And if they are looking for sort of an older market, um, the guys that aren't as active on the community and they want to start taking away customers from Barclays and traditional banks, then I think they do need to. Your thoughts? I do agree. Yeah, I think. Their approach of like the social community side of things and the word of mouth side of things works very well for the younger generation. I think you're right. If they really want to expand, they've got to be everywhere, essentially. And it's not just Monzo. There's there's loads of different banks popping up, and particularly on the tube, I've noticed, who are even calling out Monzo. Oh, yeah. Voila. <laughs> Voila, yeah. So um, move over Monzo. Move over Monzo. No, so no um, for that. interesting to see, but... 
it, yeah, I, I still think that, well, Monzo's growth is coming from word of mouth, so. Agreed. All right, Chris, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. That was a really fun chat about Monzo. If you've got any questions about any of our thoughts on Monzo on, or anything we've talked about in this episode, please get in touch at Jay McKinman on Twitter for me and at Chris VV for Chris. Tristan or Tom, if you're listening, we'd love to get you on the podcast and talk about a few of these things here. Um, and aside from that, any last thoughts, Chris? No. <laughs> All right, thank you. Um, hope we see you in the next one. Cheers, James.